How's it going? I'm Coco. And I'm Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the place where we talk about wine and music and how the two go so well together. It is the Bottle Rock Aftermath episode. It sure is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we are fresh from uh, resting from our extravaganza and adventure out at Bottle Rock in Napa this weekend. I've never three-day festivaled. Oh. And that was hard work. I can't imagine people like we get the like Kush media, like <laughs> fancy, not fancy digs, but the air conditioning, air conditioning. Water. I can't imagine going to a music festival and festivaling for three days. I'd be exhausted. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, I give major props to anybody, everybody that was there just kind of festivaling, as you say. <laughs> yes, you should get a badge for that. Or Seriously. A button. Well, I guess they get that wristband. I mean, that's forever. This is true. That's true. <laughs> it was a cool festival. I mean, uh, we were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, checking everything out. Some of my personal highlights. Well, the cool thing when you first walked in to, to Bottle Rock, I mean, I think the layout was really great. So you first walk in, there's this really cool, looks like a hot air balloon type of structure thing. And then the merch table was right there where you could buy all of your cool Bottle Rock merch. You know, if you forgot a hat, if you got needed a t-shirt, whatever, it was right there. Super easy. Um, they had, um, I want to say it was like a bourbon bar and then you walked in, there were stages, everything, you know, kind of all right there. Very cool. At the end of day one. So at the end of Friday, I made, I made it a choice to go to the merch table to get my poster because I collect rock posters. So I, I went and I got my poster at the end of the day. I highly recommend doing that. And if you like posters as well, take note, it is best to do it at the end of the day because... Um, you have to pay an extra $5 for the tube to carry it. So Otherwise, the poster is not surviving. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, we saw some really great performances at the Bottle Rock Fest. Um, some of my personal highlights um, was uh, Alice Martin. I absolutely loved her. I thought she was amazing. And I was waiting for like forever to see her. I've, I've loved her since, um, since No Roots. And then we actually just heard in their intro her newest single, Lash Out. And uh, she actually played twice. She played on the Jam Cellar stage and on the Jam Pad acoustically. So that was really nice. I split my favorite acts into two. There were the, there's the people that I sort of knew I was going to like. The, yes. the, the, the ones that I know going. I mean, I loved Muse. I know Muse, though. I mean, I've seen True. Muse. You know going in what you're going to see. Uh, so, I mean, I love Muse. I love Bleachers. Bleachers were amazing. Yeah. Just getting everyone into the show and everything. Uh, but then there's also the ones that I had no idea going in that I was going to love. And a couple finds. Uh-huh. Uh, Saturday, soul singer named Jacob Banks. Ah. It's this sort of retro soul singer from England. And just total throwback and amazing band behind him. Almost a tiny, teeny, tiny bit of like almost Ray Charles-ish, but ah. like modern. It was so cool. What Very stage cool. was he on? He was on the minor stage. I love the minor stage. The minor family winery stage. Yes, the minor family winery stage. Um, that was, I mean, I love that stage. I feel like that stage had a lot of really cool, um, unique acts to it. And um, we actually got a chance to, to speak to Dave Minor at the festival, which was really cool. And so he was telling us that he doesn't really get to pick and choose, but um, but that the acts there are kind of more up and coming and just kind of more more family friendly, which was nice. And uh, and we got to play some of the pinball that was there at right. the minor family stage. So that the was pinball super museum. Red. Pinball museum. And it was a big hit, he said. So um, I hope that he brings that back next year. Right. It, a lot of different kind of genres on that one. You had that was you got 
some funk and some soul and blues and Americana and just kind of all over the place on that stage. Yeah, and they also had the Silverado Pickups who also That's play right. at Bottle Rock every year. And actually, so the Silverado Pickups, I didn't realize, are actually a bunch of winery owners that are that have a band. So that's rad. What more fitting place for them to play? <laughs> <laughs> then Bottle Rock. Exactly. Exactly. So you had a chance. Luckily, uh, Dave, great guy, had a chance. He came, uh, pulled him away from his music, <laughs> and he sat down with us for uh, for a few minutes to talk all things wine and Bottle Rock. Yeah. So that was it. Was a great interview. So check it out. Let's take a listen. I'm here with um, Dave Miner, mm-hmm. owner of Miner, Miner Family Winery. And how long has Miner been a winery for? Uh, 22 years. Very cool. That's amazing. And, um, and so we are currently at Bottle Rock. And can you explain a little bit about how you got, um, got intermixed with Bottle Rock and how that all came about? Yeah, the first Bottle Rock, which I think was maybe six years ago, I think. Um, the guys who started it, we had done a bunch of charity things with them. And, you know, I knew them through various events. And they were kind of into wine and music. And I was kind of into wine and music. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> They said, hey, we're thinking about doing this festival. I'm like, well, if you guys can pull that off, you know, it sounds like a great idea to me. So so I signed on as a sponsor right away. And then after the first year, which financially didn't go great, when the new guys took over, they um, talked to me about continuing our sponsorship. And I said, absolutely. And I even invested with them as, uh, as an investor. So... Very cool. And, uh, I mean, obviously it's definitely worked out very well. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the first year was a great year. We had tons of music. It just was a little bit challenging, but mm-hmm. but it's for as big an event as it is, it kind of went off very smoothly. But, but the new guys just keep building it up and making it better every year, making it, you know, more comfortable and easier to maneuver and you know bringing in great bands and making it you know an efficient process so it seems to get better and better every year yeah it's very i mean i love coming to this festival and i love of course that it's in our backyard which is even better than and very helpful exactly and so you guys this year the minor family stage has a little tent to the side to the left and you guys have kind of stepped it up with pinball this year which is really cool yeah every year we try to partner with someone fun i mean one year we did uh kind of the poster art from the 60s and 70s and they had a big display but this year we partnered with the pinball museum and they brought some of their older pinball machines and everybody can just come in and play and have have a good time it's been a big hit in fact there are certain times a day you can't get anywhere near one of the machines to play so that's awesome well and pinball definitely has a lot of ties with like the rock world and music like i think um the pacific pinball museum had a couple of james hetfield's personal pinball machines wow uh, i didn't even know that i haven't like i've (laughs) talked to them because they're hanging out in the tent but you know We're just kind of hanging out, but yeah, the history is long with pinball and rock. It is, it is. And so, um, so with with you being involved with Bottle Rock and being, of course, in charge of Minor, um, so the wine and the music, you kind of said a word the other day that they were very simpatico, and there's also a lot of um, wineries and winemakers that are also musicians. Yep. Um, do you, what's the correlation that you kind of see with with wine and music? 
Well, I mean, I guess it's just that uh, they're both very creative things. And I mean, I also grew up playing music and I've been playing guitar since I was 13 and I collect guitars mm -hmm. and I now own a guitar company. Oh, wow. uh, we manufacture jazz guitars in Savannah. It's called Benedetto Guitars. Awesome. So we pretty much make the best jazz guitars in the world. And, cool. But, you know, all these guys are all, you know, probably frustrated musicians at some point uh -huh. and realized that they had to do something else to make a living. And But wine's a very creative process, and I think guitar and music is also a very creative process. And they're interestingly both really difficult ways to make a living. <laughs> right. Unless you're these guys who are playing on the main stage or whatever. But, uh, you know, they have all the same sort of intricacies of balancing business and music and, and and sometimes that's a tough thing to do but yeah absolutely um and so how does uh food come into play with um with your winery as well and your wines well obviously food and wine go together like you know air and water but yeah uh, you know i think all of us probably come from backgrounds of you know great cooks like my mom was a great cook and you know and so you know the and even you know the chefs who are here cooking they're extremely artistic individuals as well yeah. and it, and also it's a very similar thing running a restaurant is a difficult challenging business so balancing all those things becomes you know a tremendous challenge and events like this kind of help promote all of us so that you know it becomes a much more viable way to make a living yeah Absolutely. And you were telling me a little bit about the musicians that are currently on the Minor Family stage. Can you tell me a little about, about who they are and what their side jobs are? Yeah, the Silverado pickups are playing on the stage right now, and they're all local wine guys. They're winemakers, winery owners. Uh, David Duncan from Silver Oak, Jeff Gargiulo from Gargiulo. Um, really, the whole the whole band is are all local guys, so it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And they also happen to be the opening band for the minor stage, the very first year of Bottle Rock. So they kind of broke the seal on the minor family stage. So that's awesome. That's very cool. And uh, do you get to actually pick the the artists that perform on the minor family stage? How does that work? Not, not really, no. But um, because ours is kind of the third stage. Um, and I kind of did that on purpose myself because uh, I like more indie kind of stuff and more unknown stuff and maybe more stuff that's appealing to old guys like me. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not as big into the real headliner guys, you know. And it's so it's a stage that's a little more relaxed. It's got all shade and nice grass and it's a little bit more of a respite from the super crowded stages. So for me, that was just kind of more my style. And all I said was, you know, I kind of like to avoid like rappers and stuff like that. Awesome. And, you know, we had one one year and I think every other word was the F-bomb and my kids were there, you know, and they were, <laughs> I'm like, you know, can we avoid that? Because, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's a family gig, so. Yeah family stage let's keep it keep it down <laughs> well you know i mean it's fun to have good like creative experimental people but yeah within reason yeah absolutely well thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me i really appreciate it thank you. and i'll let you go back to uh to hanging out at the stage and bottle rocking, bottle rocking exactly yeah all right thank you so much thank you that was dave minor he is owner Winery owner of yes. Minor Family Wines. Mm -hmm. He is the miner of Minor Family Wines. <laughs> like you kind of said in the open, I think with Bottle Rock, if you've gone multiple years, you sort of know what to expect. I mean, there's no mass changes year over year. I mean, right. you, you know the, the stages are pretty much the same layout. 
the the uh, the new lawn addition was very nice. Not kicking up dust everywhere. That's oh, that's my favorite. Good. Yes, love the lawn. But yeah, they just find ways to you know, mix in little tiny uh, changes year over year that you go, oh, that, that's pretty cool. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's exactly neat. like with the uh, with the wineries this year. Uh, I I could be wrong, but it felt slightly different to where sort of each winery got space to do its own. Well, along with the um, the pinball, each winery got space to do its own sort of thematic kind of yeah. fun thing. And then the sales were over on the side, or so there. There was the area where kind of the fun happened, and then if you wanted to try out the wines, it was sort of in a booth next to it. So right. it was, I don't know. Everyone kind of had space to do their own thing. It was pretty neat. Yeah, I think that they have done that every year, where they each winery kind of has like their themed cabanas, as right. as you will. Right, right. And uh, which is really fun because it lets the wineries show their personality and like their vibe, which is kind of cool. And then, um, but what I do think was new this year with, the, with regards to the wine is that. Um, an actual wine little village, and that was kind of right That's by right. the spa. We almost missed the wine village. We almost missed it. Caught it yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> um, but that was kind of cool, because then you had access to all these different wines in one spot, and it was right by the spa. So, hey, you know, go get some wine, and then go into the spa and get a little treatment. So, that was smart. Yeah. It's, smart placement. Yeah, but really, like, sort of a comfortable place to just kind of peop- sit and people watch, and you could sort of see different <laughs> stages from there. And Eat your oh, burrito. Yeah. Eat your burrito. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there was, there's no better place to eat the burrito than <laughs> the wine village. Exactly. The other, uh, the other artist I have to shoot out. Shoot out? <laughs> <laughs> the other artist I have to mention for having a great set of, again, one I didn't know going in. Uh, was now Amy Shark. Yeah, fantastic. I knew, I mean, she's one on the list to go see going in. Mm-hmm. So good, though. Such yeah, she a surprised me. Interesting. She, yeah. just She did that like Eminem throwdown thing, which I definitely did not expect. And that was it, super rad. An Eminem cover. Yet it sounded like it was her song from the beginning. Seriously. Was the funniest part. I mean, you just listen to it and you're like, this isn't an Eminem song. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, just a cool, real, just hip, cool performance. And yeah. I think her album's going to be big. I, I think you're right. July. <laughs> the other one that I really liked that I didn't know much about was Fantagram. They were I, on the Midway stage. And I have to say, like, they were a very like toned down set. However, their visuals with um, the TV screens and just overall their vocals and, and their vibe was super cool. I can't even imagine how awesome they would be to see in a small club. Oh, definitely. That would be the perfect place for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that was, I think we just stumbled on that one, which is a, the best way to find sets. It's, I agree. Cool. Yeah, and that's what I love about festivals is being able to just be like, oh, let's just go over here and see what we find. And it's like, oh my gosh, this band is awesome or... This artist is awesome. I'm definitely going to go check out Jacob Biggs because I, I did not get a chance to check him out. So, yeah. Uh, I do have to also say for the headliners, I was super impressed by the killers of all people. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they've been around long enough that they're an established headlining act. You know, yes. I've, obviously people like them, but I was super impressed by how good they were. Was that your first time seeing them? It was my first time oh, seeing them. Just okay. real you know, upbeat, slick production. They, they had the pinstripe suit. It was great. What did you call him in your in your write up? Um, the rock and roll Frank, Frank Sinatra. 
I may have done that. I think you did. <laughs> and I was like, that is kind of a perfect um, description of Brandon Flowers. It's yeah. Exactly what it felt like. Just super like suave and smooth, uh-huh. but on this huge festival stage. It was, well, he is it was from Vegas. Cool. <laughs> this is tr- it was very big. <laughs> you know, and actually, I realized that this was actually my first time seeing Muse. And I've heard of Muse. I like, I don't know. I just have somehow missed them in all these years. And they were absolutely amazing. Fantastic. I don't know why I've waited so long to see them. So now I'm happy that Bottle Rock brought them so I could actually see them. So that was awesome. Let's talk about some food. Food, yes. There is a plethora of food choices available and all amazing choices. So it was really hard to find out what did I want to consume that day. So um, definitely Friday, kind of scouted everything out. What do I want to eat? And then kind of made my way the following days with uh, with those choices. So I started out, I wanted to be healthy on Friday. I was like, okay, I need to just, you know. Ease yourself into ease it. Ease myself in, exactly. So I actually went with a place called Danny's Vegan, and I had a vegan pad thai dish, and it was quite delicious. That looked delicious. That was very, very good looking. It was definitely worth uh, standing in line, though the line for that place, not surprisingly so, was not that long. That was also part of my decision-making process. What? Not a long line <laughs> for a vegan restaurant at a music festival? Shocking. What? I know. But we were in Napa, so, True. you know. Um, but no, that place was great, so highly recommend that. And then um, we went to Bricks and had the chicken, the chicken sliders. And the truffle fries. The truffle, the infamous truffle fries. Oh, yes. I needed to get these truffle fries. And they lasted quite some time. You got a lot of truffle fries. They lasted the entire day, I think. They (laughs) did. That was a nice snack at the end of the day. Um, And then, let's see, we had the taqueria, oh, taqueria rosita. Killer Mexican food. And killer indeed it was. Delicious burritos. Great burritos. And then I had a sweetie pie to top it off, which was a chocolate whoopee cookie. Oh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I have to uh, give a shootout or a shout out, whichever you'd like to say. <laughs> a lash out? A, a lash out. I like it. <laughs> uh, Buckhorn Grill had a cool idea that I've had. It, it's such a simple idea, and I don't know how I've never seen it at a festival before. Hmm. Uh, just had one of their staff guys uh, offering samples of their tri tip just yeah. out in front of the booth, just to anyone who walked by, just giving out samples. And I was hooked. It was so good. I went, yep. This is what I want. This is what I'm spending my money exact on. Exact big, full-on plate of tri-tip and all the uh, all the fixings with it, caramelized onions and everything. Oh. So yeah, the the uh, the buckhorn grill gets a win from me. <laughs> uh, other highlights, the which I I guess they've they've worked out the mobile kitchens enough that you're not it's not as risky as it sounds. No, yeah, but no. the uh, the lobster mac and cheese. Uh, late on Saturday again. You, you late. Have, you late have to in the day. think about the uh, sort of weigh the risks there going in. Uh, again, a really great dish. I loved it. It was so good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sliders, sliders from mustards, also very good. Ah, from mustards. Nice. Yeah, you, you can generally never go wrong with a slider. It's little tiny buns sliders of goodness. <laughs> Buns of goodness. Exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious. Ah, that's so funny. And delicious. So so the other thing that we... Oh, sorry. 
All right. The other thing that we had that was super delicious was we took a stop by the Hendrix Gin Bar. That yes. was a three-story bar, which, by the way, it was like a show in and of itself. That is true. Played right next to the culinary stage in the middle of the festival. Yeah. And so, like, they had guys... At, at the top of the bar, they're all dressed up like Victorian era. And then in the middle of the bar, like, I guess they were all acrobats or something. Is that right. is that what he was saying? Right. And, um, yeah, so that was super cool. And they can actually make drinks from the top of the bar that goes all the way down to the middle. And then they do something in the middle and then it comes out the bottom. Uh, it's Mark Stoddard we talked to. Uh, he is one of the, uh, they call him the gin ambassador mm-hmm. to the U.S., uh, I think he'd said he was a championship mixologist and mm-hmm. had this crazy background in drink making. Right. And just a, a fast, sommelier. A, that's right. Uh huh. And a super hip dude to boot. That's right. That's right. And uh, you had a chance to talk to him. I did. I certainly did. Should we take a listen? Let's do it. It is actually a functioning bar. Okay. We'll be the bartenders mixing the cocktail, pouring it into the plumbing system. No way. That is amazing. That's but because so cool. of Bottle Rock and the way that they have to sell the drinks, they have, we had to put it on draft so we're on the line inside. Uh, but it does actually function work. In the middle level is where the spigot opens up and you would uh, get a, like, like a garden sprayer when you flame chartreuse, like a makeshift flamethrower that you burn in chartreuse, toast the cocktails, it comes through, hit the open air. And so then where, the would you typically, where would you typically have this bar at. You can only set up for special events okay. like this. Big this is the first one, like, This is the big one in California we've ever done. Okay. We tested it out in Austin for earlier this year. Um, and we're going to bring it down to Kaboo and San Diego Del Mar in September. My best friend's godmother, she is 90 years old and she her Hendrix is her go-to drink. Yeah. She absolutely um, loves it. And I noticed when I was in... Uh, I was in Barbados at the airport, yeah. and they had a Hendrix book. It was like a cocktail book, yeah. and it was yeah. like volume one, volume two. Yeah. The conven- so, cocktail compendium. Yeah. yeah. So what is inside of that book? So it's uh, something that I've contributed to for in the past for each different volume. I think yeah. we're volume four now. But all it is is a, a lot of really unique Hendrix gin recipes from uh-huh. all over the world. So an amazing world-class bartender from Shanghai. We have a really amazing Hendrix cocktail that they feature at their bar. We'll feature it in the cocktail compendium. And a new volume will come out each year. Now the new volumes, how can you acquire those? They are only typically given away at events, at Hendrix events. I see, very or cool. we're taken into the world, you know, the world's best cocktail bars in a given city. We'll stop by and gift them. But we have a, we're due for a new release. It's been, okay. a, it's been over two years since we released one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. And it looked so, the book, like, the aesthetics of the book itself yeah. are just so amazing. But so. we kind of transferred a lot of those actual recipes onto our cocktail vault uh, at HendrixGin.com. It's okay. where you can find those drinks. In addition to more recent ones, we keep adding to the repertoire each year. That's so amazing. we're always soliciting and getting great recipes from amazing bartenders and mixologists from all over the world. From Sydney, Australia to some amazing recipes from Juneau, Alaska. These guys who are doing amazing cocktails in Alaska. I was okay. blown away. Yeah. You, could have, you saw them, if you met them, you would have thought they were from like Brooklyn, New York, or like Nashville, like super trendy mixologist looking guys. They're like, no, we have a cocktail bar up in Juneau, Alaska. That's so, awesome. That's amazing. I can't wait to come visit. So, Jen, what is, what is Jen uh, made, oh sorry, what is Jen made from? So legally, 
in order to call something gin, it must contain and taste primarily of juniper berries. It's the primary legally required ingredient. But besides juniper berries, you can use any other types of botanicals. Botanicals are just flowers, they're fruits, they're seeds, and they're roots. Hendrix has 11 botanicals that range from citrus like lemon peel and orange peel, spices like coriander, caraway seeds, flowers like elderflower, yarrow flower, uh, and uh, chamomile flowers. And then you've got a wide variety of some roots, orris root, angelica root, 11 total. And then we add, after we distill, on two different types of stills, creating a very dynamic flavor profile. Yeah. Cucumber essence and then rose petal essence, because they have to be done separately. They're very fragile. Roses and cucumbers don't like heat. Yeah. So they're very fragile. So I don't know if you, you don't really see too many cooking recipes that call for boiling or cooking a cucumber. They're meant to be enjoyed fresh. Yeah. And with rose petals, it's a very delicate process where you have to use a specific type of distillation. So it does it under vacuum. I won't get too sciencey about it, but it results in really capturing that amazing, remarkably fresh flavor profile you can only get that way. Amazing. Yeah. Very, so, but gin in general tastes of juniper berry, but that's where Hendrix has been so successful that our master distiller, Leslie Gracie in Scotland, she was able to create a flavor profile that yes, we have juniper, but you can taste all the other botanicals. It's very well balanced. And that's what's turned a lot of folks off historically, especially from our generation, about why they don't like gin because our grandparents drink a different type of gin. Okay, yeah. And Hendrix created this whole new category of gin that's not London Dry, that you can accentuate other flavors besides juniper. And create some amazing cocktails. Yeah, and yeah. it's so well balanced that it performs beautifully in cocktails. It's really what it's made for. Amazing. When people are outdoors, the weather warms up, you're hanging out in your garden or on a swing, and you want to make a big picture of something like this, it's really refreshing in the summertime. That was Mark Stoddard. He is Hendrix Gin Ambassador. And an ambassador he is. And as he mentioned, the butterfly effect, which was one of the coolest things I've seen. Uh, he's going to send us the recipe, and I think it's going to be on rockandvino.com. Yes. Is that where to find it? Yes. And that was a delicious drink. And I was actually, I have to say, I was really jealous because he, he handed us two drinks, and he handed Mike the purple one. Of course he did. I really wanted the purple drink, which was the butterfly effect. So <laughs> <laughs> I can recommend it. Yeah, I, well, and I'm going to try to make it now. Now i got to buy all the Now you have to recreate it. Yeah, so i got to wait for that recipe. And Yeah, so great guy, great to talk to. Now, festival tips. I, I know you, you've got uh, things to look for when festivaling. That's true. So, And I would say also that a lot of people go to festivals not realizing kind of that it's like it's a day, you know? you got to be prepared. And it can get cold at night and you can get, you know, just all these different things. So we have some some festival tips for you guys. <laughs> um, so do you have do you have an off the do you have a festival tip to that that you'd like to share, Mike? I would say I, I mean, especially for this one, just show up early. It's definitely it makes the rest of the day so much easier. I mean, if there's someone you want to see, just be there way before they get on stage. Uh you never know. There's so many unknowns along the way. I mean, you never know what the parking situation is going to be. You never know what the line to get in mm -hmm. situation is going to be. Come early, come prepared, and be prepared for anything. <laughs> yes. And yeah, the parking situation, actually, I felt like it was really easy to get in and easy to get out. So that was big win. Um, I would also say uh, for especially the ladies, I would say wear comfortable clothing wear comfortable shoes like i know you want to be cute but you can still be cute and be comfortable 
But hey, I mean, if your feet are hurting at the end of the day because you decided to wear heels, I'm sorry. But um, so I would say wear comfortable shoes and bring layers. Like, you know, they have like cute backpacks that they have now that are fashionable. So I'd say, you know, bring a backpack. I had my little fanny pack on. Super helpful. They have fashionable fanny packs now, believe it or not. They're coming. They're making a comeback. And um, so I would say just be comfortable bring the minimal amount that you absolutely need to. Like just bring credit card, cash, phone. Yeah. Sort of related to being getting there early and being prepared. If there are big sets that you want to see of people that everyone else wants to see, also get there get to your stage early. Uh, if you wanted to see Bruno Mars and you oh. got there a minute before he went on, you were not seeing Bruno Mars. That no. was I've never seen a festival area as jam-packed oh my as God. I saw for that one 10 minutes before he was going to go on. For that, real. I was like, I need to go to the back. So we ended up watching it from like a, side, a screen on the side somewhere, like in the way, way, way back and uh, next to one of the other stages. And I was quite comfortable there because you could still hear, you can still hear the fireworks and everything that his show... So, um, yeah, if you're like a huge fan of one of the headliners, definitely get your spot early. Put your little put your little blanket down, claim your spot. But yeah, I think, yeah, that, that started er, sort of late in the afternoon in that day is the, the, the crush started coming. And I don't think the, uh, the late arrivers <laughs> were aware of that. <laughs> Just sort of got to the stage and went, wait, where is the stage? Oh, oh, <laughs> way, oh way over there. Way over there. <laughs> Yeah. And also stay hydrated. Like the the cool thing too about Bottle Rock is that they have a lot of water stations around and, and all this other thing. So bring an empty water bottle and you can fill that with water. Always or, a good thought. And get one of the reusable wine glasses. It's a Govino. And that way you'll get a discount on the wines at, that you want to taste throughout the day, which is quite lovely. Uh, the other, I do have just thrown out lots of kudos today. I do have one big change over prior years. Uh, in the Bottle Rock presentation were the gigantic, ginormous screens uh-huh. that were very helpful. Absolutely. Even next, uh, actually on the main stage, the the, um, the screens were gigantic. There's screens everywhere throughout the festival grounds. Uh, so just extra accessibility and just... It, and Real I, clear you can see everything. Yeah, and I think actually they they added some more speakers midway through for You're the right. main stage. Because like before, I remember in years past, the sound definitely kind of got muted as you got further back. And this year, that was absolutely not the case. In fact, I thought the further back I was, the better the sound was. That's At least completely true. Completely true. <laughs> so I would that that was that was awesome. I would call Bottle Rock 2018 a gigantic success. Massive success. Kudos. Yay to Woo. them. Should note, Bottle Rock 2019 dates have been announced. Memorial Day weekend 2019. Get your tickets Shocker. now. Yes. <laughs> They've claimed Memorial Day weekend. Yes. this <laughs> That is true. <laughs> um, and so speaking of amazing festivals, there's quite a few that are still coming up if you got that festival vibe in you still. Tons. Tons, tons. Um, one of them is not quite a festival, but it's kind of like... Um, a mini festival, if you will. A so pop, there's. Are you talking about the pop up festival? No. What pop up festival? I, yeah. I think they're calling it a pop up festival. I'm just using their words. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Oh well, I think the whole vibe at SOMO in general is kind of like a 
kind of like a pop-up festival vibe, which is really cool. But um, but yeah, they're having their rock and wine um, concert there, and that is going to be with Dokken and Y&T. I believe there's like a full like wine tasting ticket you can get mm-hmm. something like a pre-show wine flight. <laughs> yeah, I know. So they're, they're really embracing the whole rock and the wine thing. So that's pretty awesome. I feel like we should just tape live from there. I agree. It's, it's the <laughs> combination fitting. of everything this is. It's hilarious. Yeah, very fitting. And that's on June 23rd at SOMO Concerts in Roner Park. If, for people who don't know what SOMO Concerts is, it. It sounds very odd to describe, but it's yeah. sort of in the middle of an industrial. It's an industrial park. Is that yeah, what you call, I guess totally you would is. call it that? Just in the middle of four gigantic buildings in a little cementy grassy area, they turn it into a festival ground, and it works. Yeah, they have like artists show their work, and they have like little food vendors, and so it literally is like a mini compact festival. Definitely it's super but, cool. Uh, uh, my favorite part is once the sun goes down and mm-hmm. it gets you know real dark out there and they have the lights on, it feels like you're at a festival. You have no idea of what's around you. It, it has a cool vibe to it. It's, it does. It's new and different. And they're really bringing some awesome acts this year. Like they got Social D coming um, next week and uh, Toots and the Males coming in July, um, Steel Pulse, the Psychedelic Furs and X. That's pretty cool. So lots of really awesome uh, band that are coming this year. So that a lot of people are super excited for a lot of those shows. Um, and then, of course, there's Outside Lands in San Francisco in August. The big, the, the, you can't talk festivals and ignore Outside Lands. No. Uh, that's the biggie. It is. They're bringing Janet Jackson this year. Janet Jackson, Florence and the Machine, yeah. and The Weeknd. The weekend. Oh, the week. Yeah. Jeez. Do you know that I don't like the weekend? Is that why you pointed at me? I didn't know. I'm not a fan. Really? No, man. Not a fan. So if the weekend and the Chainsmokers went on the tour, you would not be at the show. <laughs> no. I feel like the weekend is like, um, I don't know. Like he's like a wannabe Michael Jackson and Prince. It's like, <laughs> no, dude. Sorry. And like his funny hair. Just that he would get noticed. I don't know. This is true. I am just not a fan. I don't like him. I don't like his music. Not into it. <laughs> we'll, we'll scratch you off for that day of the festival. <laughs> but I like Janet and I like Flo. Hey, interesting lineup. Should should be a fun. That, again, they always deliver. So it should be a fun show there. And they also have amazing food. And they have their wine village as well where it's there. I mean, they literally have a whole area that's just dedicated to wine. So that would be my heaven right there. So I'll just go right in there listening to some music and drinking wine. So uh, excited for Outside Lands in August. And then also um, the guys of Bottle Rock are bringing the Sonoma Harvest Festival back to Beer Cone Winery in September, which is the first time that Beer Cone is going to be featuring music in about three years. So that's very exciting. Yeah, great to have that festival back. And, and another of their festivals that sold out in like a day. Oh, yeah. It just, if you're trying to go, sorry. People want the music and they want the wine. Exactly. We're getting it delivered to them. And then, of course, my favorite festival <laughs> is Aftershock in Sacramento, which is a rock festival. So if you like rock and roll, like everything from like metal to punk to a little bit of emo, a little pop punk. Aftershock is kind of the, it's the meat and potatoes of festivals. I, they've, 
they've sort of mixed in, like they have the little wine garden now, and caduceus cellars. Exactly. So it has all your all your elements of that the other festivals would have, but just sort of just the essentials version. It you know you get. I'd say there's more emphasis <laughs> on the bands there. I mean, For it's sure. all it's all the music there. I I mean I have to say I've, uh, it's cool to see that the wine cellar, the wine area, and it's all Caduceus wine, which is essentially uh, the winemaker owner is Maynard James Keenan right. of Tool, A Perfect Circle, Pucifer, you name it, all these different bands that he's in. I think he played with The Weekend once. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I think he's too cool to play for the weekend. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's cool to see a lot of people hitting up the Caduceus wine cellars, and not just the beer and you know like your PBR and stuff. Um, but yeah, the food is okay. They can definitely do a little bit better with the food. It's definitely hard to eat healthy at AfterShock, but um, but they. You're, you're telling me there's no vegan food there. <laughs> Um, not unless I'm eating a piece of broccoli, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. We'll forgive them for this. Um, but actually, so at Aftershock, they're bringing Incubus, who just played at Bottle Rock. And then I'm super excited. So I'm excited for the lineup on Saturday. Uh, Shine Down, Seven Dust, love Seven Dust so much. Um, who else is playing Saturday? Lots of good bands. And then on Sunday, I am super duper stoked. Actually, Sunday's a pretty legit lineup. So I'm super stoked for the newbies, um, the Fever 333. Right. You just turned me on to them. I did. I played them for you in the car the other day. And, uh, of course, the return of System of a Down. I would I, I'm not quite sure how they pulled that off. Like, it's a fairly newsworthy show. That I think System of Down's playing, like, three dates this year, and Aftershock right. is one of them. I, for sure. Well, it is, like, one of the festivals to be at, for sure. That's true. It, it's come a long way this yeah. time. And if you go to any rock concert, um, System of a Down, like, is the quintessential get-the-crowd-riled-up jam. Like, there's, like, three System of a Down songs where if you play any of those, they are, like, Aerials, Sugar... I mean, if you play those songs... Instant reaction. Instant, like, everybody's into it, and they're, like, ready. I love it. So cool. Should mention, because I am going to assume the crowd overlap is nothing. None none of these two audiences are going to the same festival. That same weekend (laughs) is, just have to mention, uh, Treasure Island Music Festival is coming back to Treasure Island, I believe, in a different venue, um, took a I think only one year off, but mm-hmm. one or two years off. Uh, they found a new home, and it's the same weekend. Lots more music coming this year. So if you missed out on Bottle Rock for whatever reason, unfortunately, but there are plenty of more musical opportunities for you in the near future. So check it out. We'll list um we'll list all these festivals on our website, rockandvino.com. Beautiful, and we will check in throughout the summer, I guess. Absolutely. So many festivals to hit. So, so little many time. Festivals. Count me in. And where are those earplugs, people? I know they're not cool, but they have earplugs that are that still make you hear and not hear your own voice. So I recommend what? that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>